0: Welcome to a bonus episode of the Horizon Roundtable. I am Bob McDonald. Um, Matt Dudek, who you can find on Twitter at Horizon Matt, will not be joining us, but and but of course you can always follow us on Twitter at Horizon RT. You can follow us on the web at HorizonRoundtable.com, and you can follow us where uh, join a subscribe to us wherever podcasts are found. Uh, this bonus episode, uh, we are uh, talking with Milwaukee's new head coach bart lundy um thank you for joining us coach appreciate the time
1: thanks bob thanks for having me i appreciate uh appreciate you taking the time
0: um important question before we get started to saturday you tweeted out you're trying to finish a garage edition how's that going
1: <laughs> it's going well uh i'm not doing any of the work i'm just uh you know trying to speed them up so we can get it done and uh, get the house on the market so we we uh you know i didn't uh, i didn't anticipate this move and and we bought a house about 6 months ago and are doing uh, uh you know just some uh, some renovations to the garage making it a little man cave and uh i guess it'll be somebody else's man cave at this point
0: there you go there you go so um i want to just uh, ju- jump in um obviously my first question is you know when you saw the milwaukee job opening what was the primary vot- motivator for you to apply <laughs>
1: Uh, uh, Well, we should start this off,
0: so you want the truth? Yes, Um, I'm always interested in the truth.
1: Start this off right. Uh, So uh, when the – I I had, you know, like most coaches, my my phone uh, pops up with, um, you know, I don't know how it was released, but it was released that, you know, Coach Baldwin was um, no longer at Milwaukee and i was literally looking at the at the um at the tweet uh or however it popped up on my phone and uh the search firm called so uh, i didn't really have much time to think about do i want to apply for this job uh and they set up a, a call with uh with amanda braun and um and uh they they knew uh before you know before that they had interest in talking to me and um really it was uh it was uh they educated me on the job and obviously being being uh there for three years i knew some i knew some uh about uwm and about the city of milwaukee um but they uh you know they uh they, they gave me a crash course so uh that's kind of how it went and uh some interviews and it was uh it was a very quick process
0: that's true it really was um so I want to talk about the. I want to talk a little bit about the the school you just left, Queens University. You had the unique experience of having not one but two stints at the same school. Um, both the times, which you you achieved a considerable amount of success. What types of things did you do differently the first time that you did the second time?
1: Oh man, that's a, that's a tough one. I, I would say just about everything. Um, you know same same place uh same place uh but when i when i got the job uh the first time uh, i was i was the assistant and uh head coach left for colorado state and uh i was 25 years old i was already losing my hair so they i don't think they knew how old i was um (laughs) and so i tricked them a little bit uh but boy, i was just holding on for dear life and uh you know, hoping to make it work. I was actually hired on double secret, uh, uh, interim basis, uh, wasn't public, but I, I knew it was interim. Uh, and then, uh, you know, we played in a little, a little tiny gym with stands on one side, uh, on campus. Um, and then I was, I was the head coach there for five years before I moved on to high point. And, uh, and, um, funny story, the, uh, the the, uh, head of the board of trustees, um, was Hugh McCall who started Bank of America, and um, we presented him with a ball the last uh, season I was there. We I think we went to the final four. We, he he was you know he was always at the games and and uh, you know loved our program and our guys. So Our guys signed a ball for him, and we presented him a ball, and he said, uh, "Well, you know, the sad part is Bart will will not get to coaching our our new arena because they had plans to build a new facility." And uh, fast forward uh, 12 years, and I went all around the world uh, coaching. Uh, and um, lo and behold, I retook the job uh, about four days before they opened the new facility. Oh. So um, I was a I was a different coach, and uh, the uh, program was different. And, uh, yeah, I would say that there's very little, uh, you know, other than, you know, we tried to get, you know, Kids at the university and, and that kind of thing, but uh, very very different coach at that point.
0: So um, I would be remiss if I didn't ask about your time at Marquette, working under Buzz Williams. Um, how did your time there shape to what you did um, did uh, in your you know not just uh, not just at, at Queens University, but I, as I understand you also had a uh, you also took a uh, assistant coaching job briefly at North Texas.
1: Right, right. Well, um, you know, we talked about Queens and uh, you know, being a head coach at, at 25 uh and then, you know, going from from there to being a head coach at High Point University. When I went to my you know, it was the first time I had had to uh in really since I was really young in my career to to study and um kind of not be making all the decisions. Sure. And uh, I stepped into a situation with Buzz where, uh, you know, it was all basketball all day long and, um, you know, no distractions. We were, we were competing in the league. Uh, the Big East at that time, you know, maybe, I mean, arguably you could, you could call it the best college basketball league in the, the history of college basketball. Um, the Hall of Fame coaches, you know, my last year there in, at Marquette, uh, we were we were the last team to beat Connecticut before they went on to win the big East tournament and the the in the, in the NCAA tournament uh, with Kimball Walker and uh, they finished 10th in the league in the regular season so we got 10, 10 of the 64 teams in the NCA tournament were from from the big East that year so um, you know studying the teams uh, being with buzz um, and being with buzz is just a unique deal where you know you 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 know you put the basketball aside you learn um you know how how he motivates the players uh how organized he is how hard he works um just just watching him take notes and you know reach out to people and learn and you know how he learned uh it was just uh it was an amazing experience and you know and and i wouldn't trade those three years for anything um and, and i've taken i've taken a lot of what i learned there you know back to back to queens and now i'll take it with me to uh to uwm
0: um and if i i would be remiss if i didn't mention the fact that while you were at if i understand it correctly we while you were at marquette um both jimmy butler and jay crowder were a part of that uh, were were there when you were there if i'm not mistaken
1: yeah yeah jimmy and jay and um you know, I got to coach both, uh, all those, those guys for multiple years. And, uh, you know, we watched Jay become the Big East Player of the Year and, you know, watch Jimmy, you know, go on to the, to the NBA. And, uh, you know, Jimmy's story is so amazing. He goes from uh, being, you know, like 94th in the state of Texas as a senior in high school to seven years later he's, you know, on the Olympic team. And so watching that transformation and seeing – you know, how, how – had the work that went into it and, and how much better he got. Um, same thing with Jay. You know, I was there with, you know, so so many. Dwight Bikes, Juan Anderson Toscano. Um, he was now, you know, doing great things. I mean, I think the, those teams had, you know, maybe 10, 12 pros on them over the three years that, that played in the NBA.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No. Um... As far as kind of what you need to do, what you know, what the new job in Milwaukee entails, um, you know, I guess the first question I always ask is, you know, um, and we ask a lot of, we often ask coaches in the Horizon League about the coaches who influenced them along the way. Is there a coach or coaches you can point to specifically who's uh, particularly important in your development?
1: Uh, yeah, obviously, obviously, Buzz, and we've talked about that, um, but I, but I have. Um uh you know i grew up a, a north carolina fan and, and uh i never worked or played for dean smith but uh i was a diehard, diehard carolina fan growing up and watched everything he did and how he treated his players you know how he how he uh you know used activism within his program and and allowed his players to you know have a voice and uh you know there's so many things uh Told this story a couple times over the last couple of days, but uh, I wrote a letter to him. I think I was nine years old, and, uh, you know, asking him, How do I, I become a better player? And he basically wrote me back and said, uh, You know, listen to your coach. <laughs> but, uh, you know, him, um, my uncle was a longtime uh, college soccer coach at the College of Charleston. Uh, he was there for 30 years, and, you know, the field's named after him. And, um, you know, I, I would spend summers with him and, and saw how he interacted with his players. I knew nothing about soccer, but just the, uh, you know, the, the the relationships and the college experience. Um, yeah, I got a I got a first a firsthand look at that. Got to know John Cress and, um, you know, guys like Greg Marshall were assistants there, and um, you know, so so being around that. And then uh, there's a guy named Dale Lair who really was instrumental in getting me with Buzz at Marquette. Uh, Dale was, was my boss um, at Queens before he left. Uh, he went on to be the head coach at Colorado State and Liberty and actually works with Buzz now. Um, and then, you know, I've had so many coaches over, over my career that I've played for and worked for that, um, you know, I've taken a little bit from everybody. and it's it's uh, I'm very very fortunate to have a lot of good experiences.
0: Yeah. Um, I want to go. Back, I actually want because obviously you. Uh, not only are you were you in the unique position that you were a you had you coached at the same place into on two different occasions, but the fact that you started so it started probably at a younger starting point as a head coach than a lot of other guys have. Um, I don't know how a lot of guys who are starting you know being a head a college head coach at twenty doesn't matter what division either. Um, how do you feel that? How do you feel that? You know, get it? it do you feel that you kind of because you got such a uh, because you got such a start at a younger age and a lot of guys do? Does that give you kind of a little bit more of a an edge in terms of kind of the experience get that experience factor when it comes to your coaching?
1: Oh yeah, I think so. You know, uh, you know, I, I, I've been so fortunate. Um, you know, most guys. You know, they grind along in this profession, and it can be, you know, 10, 20, 30 years before they get a shot to, to call timeouts and to make the decisions. And uh, I always tell people, you know, a first-time head coach, uh, man, uh, it is it is tough to begin with, but I can't imagine having my first head coaching job, say, at a, at a UWM or, or even higher, you know, because it's like, it's like getting – you have to make every little decision, and it's like getting – to death by a duck and if you've never been in that uh, situation it's not the big decisions but it's every little decision and and there really is a learning curve and uh, you know I, I was uh, I went from Marquette and uh, I, I worked in the office beside Tony Benford and um, you know he I went with him uh, to North Texas and he was a first time head coach and you know seeing him go through it and you know the adjustments he had to make from you know being in in one chair and sliding over uh man those are tough so you know i'm I'm really fortunate that I got that early and uh I got it in a setting where um yeah i i, I could i could stumble around and break things and you know people at Queens were forgiving and uh you know, it was it was really good so I take a lot of those experiences and you know uh, I unpack them at u w m now
0: um I want to ask a little bit about the high point experience um what lessons did you take from that experience because obviously that was your first your first division one first division one experience and obviously when you took the job you were still a pretty young guy at the, at that point
1: yeah yeah I was 31 and I think I was the second youngest uh division one coach in the country um and we had a lot of success uh my first year I think we were the you know the largest turnaround from one year to the next year that that first year i was national rookie coach of the year um we had uh we had really good teams um i was there six years uh and um you know we had a guy we had a guy at winthrop named greg marshall who was uh we you know became amazing rivals um but we couldn't get over the hump as far as you know winning in the winning in the tournament and. Uh, as, as I got to the end of my tenure there, uh, at year five, um, we got a new AD and, uh, I had my first losing season and, uh, had gone through a divorce and got fired. So, uh, there were, there was some humbling times at high point and there were some, uh, amazing moments, but, uh, you know, the, the the biggest thing I take from that is, you know, I went through all the pitfalls, um, you know they they had just gone through the transition from division two and uh from scheduling to you know players and you know how you build your roster um you know it, it, it is a little different at division one and uh and so you know i was able to make some of those mistakes and learn from them uh so you know, i wouldn't trade those experiences for anything and uh and you know the relationships with the players and and the coaches that were with me. Um, you know, two of those coaches are now head Division One coaches and, uh, and and part of my tree. So, um, you know, I, I look at that and and uh, you know, there were some challenging times, uh, but some amazing times as well.
0: Yeah, and I know we've, I've a, I've asked this because uh, you that the Division One, Division Two, Division One transition uh, you. Uh, i'll just say you're not alone in the horizon league you've got a couple of uh colleagues who are in who have been in the same boat will ryan up in uh uh, green bay being one of them and jared calhoun in uh uh, youngstown state being the other um making that who made that transition from d2 to d1
1: yeah yeah and uh you know it is you know there are some differences uh really to me the ball is not different you know it's once you get your guys in the gym, you know the, the competition, the levels really, you know, unless you're talking about the top 40 teams in the country, the levels are are very similar. I'd sure. uh, I'd I, I feel fine taking my Queens team into the Horizon, you know, and competing. Um, but it is all those o- other things: it's the scheduling piece, it's hiring staff, it's uh, you know, being the CEO of a of the of the program. Uh, you know, those are the things that can trip you up. You know, sure. but I'm. You know for me i'm not a young coach i i've seen it all I've been you know <laughs> kind of like the wizard of Oz. i've pulled i've pulled back the curtain and seen all the seen all the uh all the real stuff so sure um you know i can hit the ground running and and have some of those experiences uh in my tool belt okay.
0: so as far as the new job at milwaukee is concerned what philosophical approach are you going to take to coaching and uh or what philosophical approach do you have to encourage coaching in general and how are you going to use that, uh, at Milwaukee?
1: Yeah, I think, I think it's, uh, you know, similar to, to every other profession, you know, you, you, uh, you know, hard work is, uh, is a minimum it is the entrance fee. Uh, you know, you treat people the right way. You, you know, you, you, um, you keep your word, um, you know, you do what you think is right. Uh, you include people in what you're doing and, uh, And then, you know, you're dealing with young people, so you, you're, you're, you gotta be about education and, and you gotta make it a little bit of fun, you know, you gotta make it be able to put yourself out there and say, hey, uh, you know, uh, it's not about me, it's about these kids and, and, uh, you know, how do I, um, how do I, how do I make them have an enjoyable experience? And, uh, sometimes that means you gotta, you gotta, uh, embarrass yourself a little bit, which I'm, I'm becoming better at as I get older.
0: There you go. Um, as far as recruiting is concerned, obviously Milwaukee is going to need quite a few players. Um, is there a certain idea that you know that you have when targeting uh, you know with, with a specific group? Are you, would you be looking at maybe more high school players, junior college players, um, players in the transfer portal? Is it going to be kind of a mix of all of them, um, you know, initially and moving forward?
1: Yeah, you know, I would say. Um... When you when you build a roster, uh, the best word I can use is balance. You know, you want you want to have balance in you want to have balance in your um, in you know the the type of kids you get. Um, the, yeah, uh, you want to have balance with your with your roster as far as you know your classes. And uh, for me, um, sorry, uh, you know we got somebody coming in to look at the house already, so. Uh, a little distracted there. No, it's um, okay. For yeah, for me, for me, I want to try to build it with high school kids. I think four year guys and four year commitments are are kind of how you uh, are, are how you really get uh, you know things to a championship level. Uh, now that doesn't mean that we won't be in every pool. We'll be in the transfer portal pool and see if there are kids there that fit what we do. We'll be in the international market. We'll be in the JUCO market. Um, but mostly, mostly we want four-year guys that uh, you know can be with us and, and know only our way. And um, you know, if you look at our roster at Queens, you know that's that's kind of what you'll see. You'll see a couple know, transfers sprinkled in here and there, but for the most part, just high school kids that uh, you know maybe were undervalued a little bit, and uh, you know we we've been able to to take guys that sometimes didn't even have a scholarship offer and make them pros and. You know, in some instances, make them G League or NBA players. Sure,
0: sure. Um, the one last thing I want to ask you is about kind of the the, the fan base itself. Obviously, um, as, I, as I'm as I'm well versed in, in Milwaukee fandom as, as having done this podcast for many years. Um, what, um, how are you going to, uh, you know, what what kind of relationship do you feel you can build with, with the with the with you know with the alumni, with the community, with the fan, with you know with the fans.
1: Oh man Bob I, I think I think uh the I don't know what their relationship with me will be I I hope they you know like me but uh they're they're going to love our basketball and and I think they're just they're just sitting there and the fan base is a ticking time bomb waiting for a winner and you know we've got put we've got to put good kids out there that play the right way and, and you know make it fun for everybody and guys that they want to talk to and and can identify with and um, but you know, I'm just going. I'm gonna I'm gonna try to make it all happen and get out of their way and let them have fun. Um, you know, I, it's it's ready and it is waiting to happen. And uh, you know, Queens was really really tough place to leave. I mean, it was really tough. They, they they offered me basically a lifetime contract, and this didn't come down to money. This didn't come down to, to level because Queens is going to Division One next year. I could have been there for. The rest of my career, it came down to I knew what could happen with, within the city of Milwaukee mm-hmm. if you put a winner in there. It's been done; they're waiting for it, um, and I'm gonna do my damnedest to make it happen for them.
0: Yeah, they've been wait- they've been waiting a long time, so yeah, the, they'll like to hear that. <laughs> it's Good. been a while. <laughs> Well, Coach, thank you very much. That's going to wrap it up for us. Um, really appreciate you uh, joining us here uh, on this bonus episode. Uh, Coach Bart Lundy, uh, they can find you on Twitter?
1: Yes, uh, I think it's Coach Bart Lundy. At uh, uh, I think it's just at Coach Bart Lundy. I'm, I'm not sure what it is. But, uh, yes, 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 at Coach, Coach Bart Twitter. Lundy it looks like, yes. Yeah, it, it, just do Bart and basketball, and I can't imagine there's many of them.
0: That's true. (laughs) Well, thank you again, Coach, and uh, that's going to wrap it up for this bonus episode. Um, As always, you can pull us up on com. all our podcast episodes, all our written content, and, of course, you can pull us up wherever podcasts are found, and, of course, you can pull us up on your Amazon or Google devices. So tune in next week where we may or may not have a next episode. I don't know. I'm sure we'll find something to talk about. But until then, thank you all for listening.